This narration is brought to you by the Ancient History Encyclopedia. Maya Civilization, written by Joshua J. Mark, and narrated by Nitin Sill, the producer of the Flashpoint History Podcast. The Maya are an indigenous people of Mexico and Central America who have continuously inhabited the lands comprising modern-day Yucatan, Quintana Roo, Campeche, Tabasco, and Chiapas, which is located in Mexico and southward through Guatemala, Belize, El Salvador, and Honduras. The designation Maya comes from the ancient Yucatan city of Mayapan, which was their last capital of the Mayan kingdom in the post-classical period. The Maya people refer to themselves by ethnicity and language bonds such as Quiche in the south or Yucatec in the north, though there are many other forms. The mysterious Maya, quote-unquote, have intrigued the world since their discovery in the 1840s by John Lloyd Stevens and Frederick Catherwood, but in reality, much of the culture is not that mysterious when understood. Contrary to popular imagination, the Maya did not vanish, and the descendants of the people who built the great cities of Chichen Itze, Bonampak, Uxmal, and Altun Ha still exist. These descendants live on the same lands as their ancestors did and continue to practice, sometimes in modified form, the same rituals which would be recognized by a native of the land 1,000 years ago. Maya Origins The history of Mesoamerica is usually divided into specific periods, which, taken together, reveal the development of culture in the region, and for the purposes of this definition, the emergence and cultivation of the Maya civilization. The Archaic Period, 7,000 to 2,000 before the Common Era. During this time, a hunter-gatherer culture began to cultivate crops such as maize, beans, and other vegetables, and the domestication of animals, most notably dogs and turkeys, and plants became widely practiced. The first villages of the region were established during this period, which included sacred spots and temples dedicated to various gods. The villages excavated thus far are dated from 2000 to 1500 before the Common Era. The Olmec period, 1500 to 200 before the Common Era. This era is also known as the Pre-Classic or Formative period when the Olmecs, the oldest culture in Mesoamerica, thrived. The Olmecs settled along the Gulf of Mexico and began building great cities of stone and brick. The famous Olmec heads, strongly suggesting of highly sophisticated skill in sculpture, and the first indication of shamanistic religious practices date from this period. The enormous size and scope of Olmec ruins give birth to the idea that the land was once populated by giants. Though no one knows where the Olmecs came from, nor what happened to them, they lay the foundation for all the future civilizations in Mesoamerica. The Zapotec period, 600 before the Common Era to 800 of the Common Era. In the region surrounding modern-day Oaxaca, the cultural center known as Monte Alban was founded, which became the capital of the Zapotec kingdom. The Zapotecs were clearly influenced or perhaps related to the Olmecs, and through them some of the most important cultural elements to the region were disseminated, such as writing, mathematics, astronomy, and the development of the calendar, all of which the Maya would refine. The Teotihuacan period, 200 to 900 of the Common Era. During this era, the great city of Teotihuacan grew from a small village to a metropolis of enormous size and influence. Early on, Teotihuacan was a rival of another city called Coaquilco. 
But when that community was destroyed by a volcano, circa 100 of the Common Era, Tiwatiwakan became dominant in the region. Archaeological evidence suggests that Tiwatiwakan was an important religious center which was devoted to the worship of a great mother goddess and her consort, the Plume Serpent. The Plumed Serpent God, known as Kulkulkan, also known as Guacamats, was the most popular deity among the Maya. Like many of the cities which now lie in ruin throughout the southern Americas, Tiwatiwakan was abandoned sometime around 900 of the Common Era. The El Tahin period, 250 to 900 of the Common Era. This period is also known as the classical period in Mesoamerican and Mayan history. The name Al Tahin refers to the great city complex on the Gulf of Mexico, which has been recognized as one of the most important sites in Mesoamerica. During this time, the great urban centers arose across the land, and the Maya numbered in the millions. The very important ball game, which became known as Paca Talk, was developed, and more ball courts have been found in and around the city of Al Tahin than anywhere else in the region. Now, who precisely the people who were who inhabited El Tahin remains an unknown mystery, as there were over 50 different ethnic groups represented in the city, and dominance has been ascribed to both the Maya and the Totonac. The Classic Maya Period, 250 to 950 of the Common Era. This is the era which saw the consolidation of power in the great cities of the Yucatec Maya, such as Chichen Itza and Uxmal. Direct cultural influences may be seen in some other sites from the Olmecs and the Zapotecs and the cultural values of Tihuatihuacan and El Tahin, but in others, a wholly new culture seems to have emerged. For example, at Chichen Itze, there is ample evidence of cultural borrowing, yet there is a significantly different style to the art and architecture. This period was the height of Maya civilization, in which they perfected mathematics, astronomy, architecture, and the visual arts, and also refined and perfected the calendar. The oldest date recorded in this era is from Stele 29 in the city of Tikal, which dates to 292, and the latest is from an inscription on the Stele at the site of Totina, which dates to 909 of the Common Era. The city-states of the Maya civilization stretched from Piste in the north all the way down to modern-day Honduras. The post-classical period, 950 to 1524, the Common Era. At this time, the great cities of the Maya were abandoned. Thus far, no explanation for the mass exodus from the cities to the outlying rural areas had been determined, but climate change and overpopulation have been strongly suggested among other possibilities. The Toltecs, a new tribe in the region, took over the vacant urban centers and repopulated them. At this time, Tula and Chichen Itza became dominant cities in the region. Now, the widely popular conception that the Maya were driven from their cities by the Spanish conquest is wrong, as the cities were already vacant by the time of the Spanish invasion. In fact, the Spanish conquerors had no idea that the natives they found in the region were responsible for the enormous complexes of cities. The Quiche Maya were defeated at the Battle of Utatlan in 1524, and this date traditionally marks the end of the Maya civilization. The Maya Culture the height of the Maya civilization in the Classical period produced the incredible cultural advances for which they are well known. The Maya believed deeply in the cyclical nature of life. 
nothing was ever born and nothing ever died, and this belief inspired their view of the gods and the cosmos. Their cosmological views, in turn, encouraged their imaginative efforts in architecture, mathematics, and astronomy. Beneath the earth was the dark realm of Shibalba, which translated meant place of fear. It was from here that the great tree of life came up through the earth and towered into the heavens through thirteen levels to reach the paradise of Tamoan Chan, which meant the place of misty sky where beautiful flowers bloomed. In the Mayan belief, however, one didn't die and go to heaven or hell, but rather embarked on a journey towards Tamoan Chan. This journey began in the dark and treacherous world of Shibalba, where the Shibalbans who lived there were more apt to trick and destroy a soul than help one. If one could navigate through Shibalba, however, one could then find the way to ascend through the nine levels of the underworld and the thirteen levels of the higher world to paradise. The only ways in which a soul could bypass Shibalba and travel instantly to Tamoan Chan were through death and childbirth as a sacrificial victim, in warfare, on the ball court, or by suicide. The Maya had a special goddess of suicide named Ishtab, who was depicted as the rotting corpse of a woman hanging by a noose in the heavens. Once one reached Tamoan Chan, there was eternal happiness, but it must be noted that this paradise was not thought to actually exist in the sky, but on earth. After ascending through the thirteen levels, one did not live in the air, but rather on a mystical mountain back on the planet. It was because of the cyclical view that the Maya did not believe there was anything wrong with human sacrifice. Those people who were offered to the gods did not die, but simply moved on. And this cosmological belief influenced every aspect of the Maya civilization, and rituals were performed regularly in caves invoking the darkness of Shibalba, and on hills or high temples which symbolized the heights of Tamoan Chan. The great pyramids, which characterize so many Mayan sites, are replicas of the great mountains of the gods known as Witzab. The cyclical nature of human existence is mirrored in the famous Maya calendar. The depictions of many of the gods and goddesses all go towards their function in helping one through the cycles of life or hindering. The great religious book of the Kichimaya, the Popol Vuh, tells precisely the story of the cyclical nature of life through the tale of the hero twins Hunachpu and Shibalanke and their victory over the forces of chaos and darkness symbolized by the lords of Shibalba. The game the twins are famous for playing, Pocket Talk, serves the same purpose. Pocket Talk was the most popular game among the Maya and was far more than just a game as it symbolized the human struggle and reflected the way the Maya viewed existence. Two opposing teams of seven men each would face each other on a ball court and try to score a small rubber ball through a vertical hoop that was affixed to a wall while defending their own goal. Sometimes this hoop would be as high as 20 feet in the air, and sometimes even higher. What makes the game even more impressive is that a player could not use his hands or his feet, only the hips, shoulder, head, and knees. The Spanish bishop, Diego de Landa, wrote that watching the Maya play pocket talk was like watching lightning strikes because they moved so quickly. It has long been believed that the losing team, or its captain, would be killed at the end of the match. 
but recent advances in deciphering the Maya glyphs, together with the archaeological evidence, suggest that it might have been the winning team or the winning captain who was given the honor of a quick death and thus instant passage to paradise. The game is thought to have been symbolic not only of the victory of the hero twins over darkness, but of the cyclical nature of life. The Mayanists, Shelley and Matthews, claim, quote, many modern myths have grown up about the ball game. The most popular states that the Maya sacrificed the winners so as to give a perfect gift to the gods. There is no evidence for this interpretation in any of the ancient or historical sources, end quote. This is not quite correct, however, as the glyphs at many ball courts, Chichen Itza to name only one, could be interpreted as showing the winning team or captain being sacrificed. Modern Mayan daykeepers at both Altun Ha in Belize and Chichen Itza in the Yucatan point to the hope of escaping from the darkness of Xibalba as the reason for the winners being executed. Whichever team was chosen to die, and under what circumstances, since teams could not have been continually sacrificed as there's evidence of, quote, star teams, the ball game was deeply meaningful to the Maya as more than just a spectator sport. More information on the particulars of the game and the life of the ancient Maya in general comes to light as more hieroglyphs are being discovered and interpreted. The Mayan Hieroglyphs the modern-day difficulty in deciphering the Mayan hieroglyph stems from the actions of the same man who inadvertently preserved so much of what we know of the Mayan civilization. Bishop Diego de Landa, appointed to the Yucatan following the Spanish conquest of the north, arrived in 1549 and instantly set himself to the task of routing out heathenism from the Mayan converts to Christianity. The concept of a god who dies and comes back to life was very familiar to the Maya from their own deity, the maize god, and they seem to have accepted the story of Jesus Christ and his resurrection easily. Even so, Landa believed that there was a subversive faction growing among the Maya, which was seducing them back to a state of idolatry. And having failed to crush this perceived rebellion through the avenues of prayer and admonition, chose another more direct method. On July 12, 1562, at the church at Mani, Landa burned over 40 Mayan codices and over 20,000 images, including Steli. In his own words, quote, We found many books with these letters, and because they contained nothing that was free from superstition and the devil's trickery, we burnt them, which the Indians greatly lamented. End quote. Landa went further, however, and resorted to torture to extricate the secrets of the subversives among the natives and bring them back to what he saw was the true path of the church. His methods were condemned by the other priests, and he was called back to Spain to explain his actions. Part of his defense was his 1566 work, Relacion de las Cosas de Yucatán, which has preserved much of the culture Landa tried to destroy, and ironically proved to be a valuable asset in understanding ancient Maya culture, religion, and language. Only three books of the Maya escaped the conflagration at Mani, the Madrid Codex, the Dresden Codex, and the Paris Codex, so named for the cities where they were found many years after they were brought back from the Yucatán. These books have provided scholars with a great deal of information on the beliefs of the Maya and especially on their calendar. The codices were created by scribes who made very careful observations in astronomy. 
the Dresden Codex alone devotes six pages to accurately calculating the rising position of Venus, and their interpretation of the planets and the seasons exhibit a precision unmatched by other ancient civilizations. So important were these stories and books to the Maya that the legend of Zamna, which describes the great goddess telling the prophet Zamna of the founding of a great city, quote, I want you to choose a group of families from my kingdom and carry the writings which tell the story of our people and write what will happen in the future. You will reach a place that I will indicate to you and you will found a city. Under its main temple, you will guard these writings and all future writings as well. End quote. The city of Izamal was founded, according to legend, by Zamna of the Itzas, who placed the sacred writings under the central temple. Izamal became known as the most important pilgrimage site in the classical period besides Chichen Itze. It was here that shamans, known as daykeepers, would interpret the particular energy of the day or month for the people by consulting with the gods presiding over the various months of the Maya calendar. The Maya Calendar There are two calendars that work simultaneously in the Maya system. The Hab, or civil calendar, consists of 365 days in an 18-month period of 20 days each. And then there's the Zolkin, or sacred calendar, of 260 days divided into three groups of months of 20 days apiece. The Hab and the Zolkin work together like gears interlocking in a machine to create what is known as the calendar round, but cannot account for dates further than 52 days. For longer calculations, the Maya devised what is known as the Long Count Calendar, and it is this which has attracted so much international attention in recent years regarding the end of the world on December 21, 2012. As the Long Count Calendar begins on August 11th in the year 3114 before the Common Era, it goes into its next cycle, known as a Baktun, on December 21, 2012. There is nothing in the existing writings of the Maya to suggest any kind of cataclysm accompanies this transition. On May 10, 2012, it was reported that Boston University archaeologist William Saturno and Boston University student Maxwell Chamberlain, excavating at the Mayan site at Zultun in Guatemala, discovered a six-foot-by-six-foot six room dating to 800 of the Common Era. This room seems conclusively to have been a calendar workshop for Mayan scribes. The paintings and inscriptions on the walls of the room show the Maya calendar extending well beyond the year 2012, and the future Baktuns were understood to already be underway in the great cyclical dance of time. According to David Stewart, an expert on Maya hieroglyphs at the University of Texas at Austin, quote, Baktun 14 was going to be coming in Baktun 15 and Baktun 16. The Maya calendar is going to keep going and keep going for billions, trillions, octillions of years into the future. End quote. The months of the years of the Mayan calendar were governed over each by a specific god, and as these gods were eternal, they assured the continuance of the energy of their particular month. As all of life was considered one internal cycle, the Western concept of an end of the world, so popular in Christian ideology, would have been a complete foreign concept to a Mayan scribe. The Maya Today 
In the modern age, the Maya still farmed the same lands and traveled the same rivers as their ancestors did from the north in the Yucatan down to Honduras. The claim that the Maya somehow vanished simply because their cities were found abandoned is not only inaccurate, but insulting to the six million Maya who carry on the traditions of their ancestors. Though the region was Christianized in the 16th century conquest and inquisition, the old ways are still observed in a hybrid between European Catholicism and Mayan mysticism. The day keeper of a village still interprets the energy of a day and rituals are still performed in caves and on hills. On the island of Cozumel, shrines to the Virgin Mary and the goddess Ishel are interchangeable and often one and the same. A great deal has been learned about the Maya since the days when Stevens and Catherwood explored and documented the ancient ruins, but for the Maya living today, nothing of importance has ever been forgotten, and the cycle of life continues. This narration was brought to you by Ancient History Encyclopedia, a nonprofit organization. If you enjoyed this and want to help support our work, consider contributing on Patreon, the link for which will be in the description below. If you would like more information about ancient history, you can visit www.ancient.eu. Now, if you're a big fan of taking history on the go and are into historical podcasts or historical podcast videos, you can visit Flashpoint History on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or YouTube. You can also follow Flashpoint History on Facebook and also on Twitter.